0: Welcome to How Do You Write. I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 133 of How Do You Write. I'm Rachel Herron, and I'm super glad that you're here today. Today, I'm talking to Jill Hedgecock, who is fantastic and so much fun and she has one of the best craft tips I've ever heard it is actually a craft tip and a craft tip um, you're going to love it it kind of blew my mind if you like office products of any type stick around um, she's just fabulous little update before we get into the interview around here um, the most exciting thing about my week has been that the first session of 90 days to done, finished this week. And um, yesterday, the day before the end of the month, on the 30th, uh, three people finished back to back writing the end. The majority of the people in the class finished their novels and all the rest of them are really close. And I am so proud of each and every one of them. And I tell you what, this has been one of those weeks where I cannot decide whether I love writing more or I love helping other people to become writers, to really step into their writerdom. Um, it's, this week it's like 51% writing, 49% loving helping other writers. Um, on bad writing days, that goes higher. (laughs) Helping other writers is like 75%. Um, I still do my writing in the mornings early because that has to be my focus. And that is truly, I'm, I'm really being tongue-in-cheek here. Um, it is really truly what I love to do the most. Uh, but it is easy to get caught up in the joy of this kind of thing. So I just wanted to shout out every student in the class. They did amazing work. And I could not be more proud. I feel like a mama chicken watching her hens. I don't know. Chickens don't really fly much, do they? Not learn to fly. That's not a good analogy. I feel like a mama eagle watching her little eaglets soar. Sorry about the, um, text noise. It's just one of those days. Um, I cannot catch up today. It is Friday. This should have gone live this morning. It did not. Um, I'm, I'm running around like the real chicken with its head cut off. Thankfully my head is still on, um, even after that migraine last week. So that's been just the most wonderful thing the, the most fabulous writing um, itself is going awesome. I just finished a Patreon essay on um, spending and saving and what is enough, and that just went out, so that was fun to send. Uh, speaking of saving, thank you to new patrons, Pranathi K. Thank you, Pranathi, and Harry Brooks. It really means the world that you listen. Um, yeah, it's just it's just so great to have you along on this. Patreon campaign. I hope that you guys enjoy the new essay. Um, If you'd like to check that out, that's at patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And uh, I'm dying of heat. I've been running around all day. Just started sweating. So rather than sit in my hot office, I'm going to go sit on the back porch with a nice cold icy glass of bubbly water, probably orange flavored. Um, I hope that you do something as relaxing. And I hope that you get your writing done and that you tell me about it. Uh, Come over to howdywrite.net anytime and drop me a comment. You will really enjoy this episode. Um, Happy writing to you. And we will talk soon. Bye. Have you been sending out that perfect query letter and hearing crickets? Well, did you know that I am the query letter whisperer? I honestly love to work on them and they get results. Lorena Hughes, the award-winning author of The Sisters of Alameda Street says, with just a few clever tweaks, Rachel Herron transformed my long and wordy proposal into a sharp query letter that got me agent requests the very next day. I honestly live for fixing query letters. They're like puzzles in my brain. What I do is I overhaul the good drafting that you've already done. I don't write the rough draft for you. I do rearrange your ideas into exactly what the industry expects and responds to for the low low price of 100 bucks if you're interested just go to rachelheroncom slash query and see more information and more testimonials from satisfied clients now on to the interview all right well i could not be more pleased today to welcome to the show my friend jill hedgecock hi jill Hi, Rachel. So nice to have you. Let me give you a little introduction before we get started. Jill Hedgecock is an award-winning and internationally published author. She writes book review columns for both Books and Pieces magazine and a Bay Area entertainment newspaper, the Diablo Gazette. Her short stories, personal essays, and nonfiction pieces have appeared in multiple anthologies, newspapers, and magazines. Rhino in the Room, her debut novel was published in September 2018, and her second novel, Between Shadows Eyes, will be released later this year. Welcome! Thank you so much, and great. It's great to be here. So, you and I met at just recently, actually, at um, the California Writers Club. It's the Mount Diablo chapter, right? Correct. And it was such a good experience. You guys were so awesome, but honestly, the part I loved best about the day was like meeting you and talking to you and we really connected. And I was like, no, no, you must be on my show. So, <laughs> um, because you're fascinating, you have great stories. Your book is about a really unique topic, um, as is the next book, but I kind of want to talk to you first of all, about your writing process. you, you write in many different areas and for different things. You write nonfiction and then you write fiction. Um, what does your writing process look like? How do you balance all that?
1: So um, I actually do writing on the side. Um, I have a regular day job, which is also involving writing, but technical writing. Yeah. And uh, so I write in the evenings. And um, I'm not a morning person, <laughs> so there's no way I'm getting up at 4 a.m. to get this done.
0: <laughs> Don't even uh, suggest it, Rachel.
1: <laughs> no, it would not be pretty. <laughs> um, but um, I, I do um, do a couple things that really, really keep me on track. And one of them is I go to a, um, we call it shush and write rather than shut up and write. <laughs>
0: That's so cute, yeah.
1: <laughs> um and I do that on Tuesday evenings and we meet from seven to nine PM
0: and uh And explain it for my- people who haven't done it. Is it usually in a cafe?
1: Right? No, actually it's at, at at uh people's homes. Oh how cool. And um it's one person is very generous and routinely um offers up her home and then another person kind of subs or two people actually kinda sub out. Um we don't have it at
0: my house because I have three dogs. <laughs> That's always my excuse. I've got the three dogs too. Not having at my house. <laughs>
1: uh, but we we um we we sit we 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 um get together um right before and we tell the people um that are gathered what we're gonna accomplish that evening um for about five or ten minutes and then we sit down and write and then ten minutes before nine we get back together and say what we accomplished and it is the best. Best. Why know, is it?
0: Why is it that there's something about writing with other people? What do you what do you think about that?
1: I you know, I think there's just an energy in the room. Mm-hmm. And this intentionality that you know, nobody talks. It's it's just we are here to write. And it's also inspiring to hear what people are working on. Yeah. And, and here, you know, occasionally we don't, it's not the focus, but occasionally if somebody's struggling with something, then we'll, you know, at the end of the day say, I'm really struggling with it. Do you guys have any ideas? But that's really rare. It's really about the writing.
0: And is this a meetup group?
1: No, no, we actually it's got together
0: because of California Writers Club. Oh, perfect. So you had yeah. your, because I'm always, th- I'm always thinking and talking about community and how we make that and find that. Um. So the, the California Writers Club is Amazing. Do you know if it's extended into other states or is it just something that we have?
1: I believe it's just in California, although I'm sure there's there's comparable things in other states. Um, But it's it's history. It goes back to um, the early 1900s. It was actually started by Jack London. I knew that. Yeah. 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 So it's got this storied history and, um, it's just expanded all over the state. And even since I've been involved, more chapters have, um, opened up like Napa's a new one. Um, The the San Ramon
0: people—I forget what they're called—Tri Valley. Tri Valley. Tri Valley.
1: Um, That has been formed since I've been involved, so it's
0: just growing. And I want—I want to encourage listeners that if you don't have a writing community of your own from which you can pull select members to do a shush and write kind of thing, um, Google Writers Club in your area. Um, Another thing you can do is go to the Meetup.org site and see if there are any writing groups like that. There is one. It's popularly called shut up and write where people meet in a cafe and write for a couple hours alone. And it is magic. And I had, I, and the reason I'm stressing it is that I doubted it for a long time. I thought I could never write with other people around me. And instead I can usually write faster and better. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, 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 a hundred percent, you know, and you, you don't have, but the way that we are organized where we meet in somebody's house, you don't have the cafe distractions Yeah, really is, you could hear a pin drop. Oh, well, actually, I you can feel. hear, you can hear the type, you know, people typing. And Isn't that's
0: that musical? It. I just, I think that's a wonderful thing to hear, yeah. all those fingers and so Some people actually handwrite on tablets. I have been really curious about that. Do they then translate, does the tablet translate it into text?
1: Uh, no, text? I mean, they're handwriting on a pen and paper. Oh, I went
0: to old, I went to new tablet. You mean old tablet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is, I think is a great way to do a, an early revision. Cause when you're putting it in the computer, you're revising it as you go. Right. Right. Yeah. So when do you write that is not Tuesdays?
1: Uh, so I write actually pretty much every evening. Um, and on the weekends, uh, my husband golfs on Saturdays. So I have this block of time on Saturdays when I'm not doing California writer club stuff and yeah. dog agility and some other stuff that I do. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a passion of mine. And I, you know, I have my time and I do it.
0: That is awesome. Awesome. Um, I, I did have, I'm, I'm spacing on the question I had for you based on that, but it will come back to me and we'll just, we'll just <laughs> circle back then. But I would love to know what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing?
1: Oh, it's the worst one possible.
0: <laughs> what is
1: it? It's beginnings. I my really
0: thought starter. you said bikinis. And I was like, "That <laughs> no one has ever said that before. <laughs> you know, I wish it
1: was bikinis because I could fix that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would just start oh, myself and was, I would fix it. <laughs> I was very startled. Okay, go back. Beginnings.
1: Beginnings. Yeah. You know, I probably rewrite my first chapter I'd say 20, 30, 40, oh 50 times. Oh. And you know, it's not even, it's not, you know, I can come up with killer first lines, but then it doesn't work. And then I have to find a new killer first line. And I think I really get caught up on um, trying to get everything down in the beginning. And you can't do that. You kind of have to let it roll through, but I get so paranoid that people are going to, misunderstand where I'm going with this story that I want to put everything in there. And that's not good. And it it really is the worst possible thing to have because that's what agents look at, right? They look at your first chapter.
0: And that is a big stressor, you know? Yeah,
1: Yeah. You know, and the thing about it is, is I'm great at endings, you know, even chapter endings, they just flow. I mean, I have no problem with that. And I think it's so unfair because you know what, Often kills a good book is the ending, right? Yeah. yeah. I with the ending.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about starting like on chapter two and just go back to chapter one?
1: Well, yeah. Later?
0: Sometimes my first chapter
1: becomes, you know, incorporated into other areas. I find that often. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because but
0: we do try to do sometimes too much with that first chapter.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, you've set so much up in the first chapter, that chapter two then doesn't make sense. And then chapter two becomes a red one rewrite.
0: <laughs> and it on and on and on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What is your favorite part of writing? What's the part that brings you the most joy?
1: Oh, um, it's not editing. I know that's not <laughs> what you like. <laughs> that's what I love. <laughs> I you know honestly the end
0: <laughs> that's a great thing to love those magical yeah. words I'm actually I'm, I'm leading a class right now that is ending tomorrow and I had three three of my students write the end on their 90,000 word novels back to back in a row today just one two three and they were oh, all is, so, that's so I got to like have this vicarious thrill <laughs> of watching them say the end sorry, yeah I'm sorry about my yeah dog. yeah um, that's wonderful so, um, yeah, that is wonderful. What it, can you share a craft tip? And this is a loaded question because you have one of the best craft tips I've ever heard. So people listen up.
1: Okay. So <laughs> this is, um, so my craft tip is called Amuse Board and it's, uh, something that I invented. And the history of it is actually, um, kind of interesting. It's not, um, one of the, um, my book is that I invented it for isn't out in the world yet. But basically, what I was struggling with is I was um, writing a book about Peru, and my character was going from the Amazon rainforest and and going down the Amazon River to get to this desert part of Peru. And the river changes colors over the course of the, the journey, and I wanted to get the timing right, too. And so I was like, I need a map. And then because it's set in like 400 BC, I had like pottery and all these unique things that I wanted to make the details right. Mm-hmm. And so I, and so that was kind of going on in my writing process. And I also went to a conference where a children's writer was talking about her process and she uh, creates a book Bible for her writing, which basically was a, a binder with Just tons of images because she's, you know, does illustrations. And her binder was like this. It was like that, (laughs) right? And I looked at that and I went, that would never work for me. I would spend all my time flipping through pages. Right, right. Right. So I needed something visual that um, would give me the details that I needed. So all I had to do was look up for my computer. And lo and behold, my kids were um, out of college, but they had these old science projects on these trifolds and it was like that's what i need so and, de- I,
0: and describe that for a reader who can't visualize what the trifold is so a trifold is basically uh, uh well let me show you <laughs> so some people will be listening audio so um uh, okay I I so readers, a trifold yes, is
1: basically what you know kids do it's a cardboard that folds in on itself on two sides.
0: And it's big. It's several feet it's big. high. Yeah. So
1: it's, it's, it really is designed for kids science projects, right? It's a display board and you can get them in, um, uh, office deep max office Depot, um, those kind of places. They're not hard to find at all. Um, but, um, and the other, the other brilliant thing about the trifolds is that, you know, your story should have a, a beginning and a middle and of an end and be like 25% beginning, 50% middle and 25% end, right? That's your story arc. Well, this is perfect because the side panels are like twenty five percent, and then It the freaks
0: 15%. me out every time I think about this. It's so cool. So, so for the people who are watching, please yeah. show us that, and also okay. if you don't mind describing what's on it for the okay. for the audio listeners. All right,
1: Let me, you have to tell me is this showing perfectly? Perfect. Yep, it looks great. Okay, so this is my Rhino in the Room uh, Muse board. Oh, you know the other thing I wanted to say about it too is Rhino in the Room. Um, I came back from Africa, um, and I had learned during my safari that three rhinos are killed every single day. And I had gone to Africa knowing that I wanted to do a book project out of it, um, but I also knew um, that I wanted to do it fast. Mm-hmm. And so I actually used the nano rhino um, mo- um, paradigm, Yay, which now. basically is um, writing uh, fifty thousand words during the month of November. Mm-hmm. And so I actually use the Muse board as kind of an outline, and um, so, so cool. I had I had created this prior to um, to starting my oh, wow.
0: I didn't know that
1: yeah um, and so again so some of the other advantages of a Muse board are you can like this is my main character right here uh huh. That's Claire. Claire. She's right in the middle of the board. She's uh she's a little fashionista. Uh, her favorite show is Project Runway.
0: <laughs> that's one of my favorite <laughs> she, uh, the,
1: the premise of the story is that um her she has uh, discovered that her father is having an affair, and their relationship is very broken. and he takes her on an African safari, which you know, a little fashionista girl is probably the last place she wants <laughs> to go. Um, and they get lost in the bush surrounded by fire in between the last two uh, black rhinos and rhino poachers. So that's the it's a thriller. Um, but I wanted her to start to love Africa. And so one of the things that I did was, um, you can see right here, you can see that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from the giraffe, she's inspired and she's going to make, you know, handbags and and design shoes based on the, the modeling of the giraffe. I love
0: that. Yeah,
1: and what are and the then, colors? You know, so you here. have all
0: these images that are printed on colored cardstock behind them. So Claire is on pink, and I see a water buffalo. Is that what it is on green? What are those? What do those colors symbolize?
1: So I, I, this this is something that I learned from doing my first bo- uh, board is that I wanted to um, to put color behind it so that it would tell me, um, and this, this actually isn't quite right. I've, I've discovered this as, as I'm getting better at these. Um, but you know, the green is because you're, you're in the, you're in the field, right? You're in the, um, on the safari. Um, the pink is, is sort of to soften Claire and to remind me that she's kind of a girly girl Uh and she's out of her element. Um, and then red, um, you see it, I was starting to, to yeah, lots of
0: red on the third, on the final act.
1: Yeah. in the final act, you see a lot of red because there's a lot of um, dangerous things going on at that point. Um, so towards the end of the muse board, I was like, oh, I could use color to, to find
0: balance in my story. What I love about this, go ahead and sit down so you're comfortable again. Um, what I love about this is that it's so visual. It's and it's but this is going to sound funny, but I also love that it's compact. When you're done using it, you just fold it. Close yes. it, and it's closed. But I have some questions for you. So, doing the the muse board like this implies that you had an outline already for the book. Did you have that made up? I did up? not have an
1: outline you... in words.
0: So you did the out. You actually outlined in pictures. Yes, yes. And I'm a I'm a pantser. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if you're a pantser, then, but did you put the pictures on as you went, or did you? Pants your way through the muse board.
1: I pants my way through the muse board and actually the last panel, the last part of the panel, which is my ending. This is the first book that I've ever written that I didn't know my ending. So that was blank. That was so cool. Yeah. You know, the other thing is um, there were images. There are images on there that I never used. Um, so, you know, it, it, things did change, but yeah. there's still, you know, I think that's an important part of your process, right? Like there's okay. this little boy on my, on there that's so cute. He's, you know, in this colorful thing and I just fell in love with him, but he never came into the story. So
0: and he but could, he, on could my news board. <laughs> he could serve in two ways too. He could stay there as a reminder of what you were going for, but he could also be papered over with another picture and then, but he's still there. He's always underneath, like, you know, the layer of the painting underneath. Right. It's right. the coolest idea. Um, and actually I'm going to use, I am not, I, I can't remember if I re- uh, spoke to you about this, but I'm not a visual person at all. I can barely see my characters in my head. I just don't work on a visual basis, but I work, I work in words and I work really in post-its, like post-its are my love language. So I'm for my next book. I'm going to get one of these trifolds and do my act that way. It's just set up for that and just have it always you know, on this wall next to my desk, and it's just right there. I've always carried all my post-its around, you know, in my notebooks, and I'm rearranging them. But I love the board idea.
1: Well, you know, the other thing that I have found, and I did not do this with this in mind at all, but it is a great marketing tool.
0: I love this. Tell us about this.
1: So, um, so I actually, I went to pitch um, doing a book signing at a local um, bookstore. And I brought it in with me and they were so excited about it. They said, can you leave this with us until your book signing? Because it was just a few days away. And I was like, sure. It was up on top of a bookcase with my book. I mean, people are kind of like, what's that? I mean, and talk what about
0: an attention grabber. You don't see that in a bookstore. I would no. want to know what the heck that was. And then when you find out that's actually the author's property, that is what she based a book around. This is, was with her while she wrote this book that's right here on the shelf. That's super exciting.
1: Yeah. And, and not only that, so like when I've done speaking engagements, I set it up on a side table and before the talk is happening, people are walking over there to check it out. I put my book right next to it. They pick
0: up the book. Exactly. I mean, it's like I didn't plan this, but it's like brilliant. <laughs> it's visual and tactile and all of those things. And it's a conversation starter, yes. which sometimes a single person selling a book is a conversation stopper. You know, people, yes. people, pretend, I never saw that person and they walk the other direction. Yeah. But with that, they have something to talk about and you have something to talk about too. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's, it's, I love it. It's <laughs> so brilliant, Jill. I love it so much. I was so excited for you to share that. Thank you. You're going to yeah. go down in history as the inventor of this.
1: It's <laughs> um, no, wh- funny because um, th- there this isn't a sort of a new concept advertisement. People use it yeah, yeah, and they I mean, call it a mood board. So when I first was doing this, my, my daughter was like, oh, uh, what, what's that? And I said, oh, it's a mood board. She goes, no, it's not. It's a muse board. I mean, and I was like, yes, your
0: daughter yes! named it. <laughs> <So funny. laughs> the muse board. I need one. I absolutely yeah. need one. But I'll have everybody to hire somebody to do the pictures. Everybody needs one. Yes. I,
1: I really believe that. Yes. I mean, it makes you a better writer. You know, I, how, many, how many times have you gone, what color is my character's eyes?
0: I, I look, flip pages to where, you know, where I last said it, but you just have to glance over. Yeah. <sighs> People, when you use this, come over to howdywrite.net and leave us a comment because we want to know. <laughs> we want to know how this is spreading in the world.
1: I want to know too. <laughs> exactly. I talk to everybody about this. I think it's the best time
0: saver I've ever come up with. Oh, and it's so pretty too. It's so pretty I and know. inspiring. It's inspiring. I know. Okay, so if you're in a group of writers like at the CWC and, um, the talk, as it always does, turns to writing, what is the thing that you're most excited to talk about? What is the the thing that you always go back to uh, obsessing about with other writers? Well, it's probably the news board. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good
1: answer. But, but you know, I think, um, I think, you know, I really see writing as a vehicle into adventure. Ooh. And I have been so inspired by my, um, my post publication journey.
0: Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Because you have had some crazy things happen because of this book.
1: I have had crazy things happen because of this book. Um, so one of the things that happened is, um, I, I, I was on a, um, Facebook, um, uh Chat basically, um, they were there was uh, the uh, director of the International Rhino Foundation that was talking about World Rhino Day, and I put a little comment in the box about you know what's going on locally in the, the San Francisco Bay Area, and a guy from South Africa saw it, and he contacted me and said, well if you want to do something for World Rhino Day, which was uh, a few days away, he says why don't you do a life size rhino painting. Uh, to support my project and he's trying to break, break the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest um, rhino or largest painting in the world um, and he's using rhino poaching as his platform Wow! he asked me if I would uh, do a, a rhino on a king size bed sheet and I, I, I couldn't get it together for World Rhino Day but I did do it and then I had this brilliant idea of I should do my book cover <laughs> So I did one of those, and you know I'm ten pennies into
0: this, and I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I know how this one goes. I know how this one ends.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so uh, so his goal is to um, sew all these uh, bed sheets together and infurl it in Vietnam, who's one of the major consumers of rhino horn. Um, so cool in uh, World Rhino Day, which is September twenty second, twenty nineteen. So I have to start shipping. I have to get them over to South Africa in the next couple months.
0: That is amazing. Yeah, that is truly amazing.
1: Yeah, and then the other amazing thing that's ha- that happened to me, and, and it was a result. Uh, it was a result of um, my book um, exchanging book covers with somebody that I, I knew and who was giving me a book blurb um Alan Brunnert, um, but he was going to Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, and being interviewed on stage uh by George R. R. Martin of the Game of Thrones uh uh ilk. And um he uh he set me up to do an interview with George R. R. Martin. And that would have never happened. I mean it's, it's just insane. like how is this possible? It was just like the most amazing thing. And I just really feel like writing, you know, it's a vehicle into adventure. I mean, um, not only not,
0: in your brain and not only in the plot, but in actual real life too. Yes. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and uh, the, you know, I, I write the novels, but I also write for, um, for a, um, an entertainment newspaper. And because of that, um, I've gotten to interview Tony LaRusa. Um, and, um, I got to interview women on, um, at the women's March and talk about, um, something that's so moving, um, because that was around the cusp of the, the Me Too movement It was just mm-hmm. starting out mm-hmm. and the intimacy when you interview people. I mean,
0: if I was not a writer, I would not have that experience. Oh, isn't that true? I think I take that for granted. Yeah. That people tell me they're deep, dark secrets, but I guess people don't usually do that.
1: No, they don't. I mean, I mean, I'm standing in a park and I'm, you know, saying, why are you here? And the next thing I know, this woman is tearing up and telling me about her experience.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: It was just like the most amazing moment. And that would have never happened. You know, it's just it's a gift. It really is a gift to interview people. And, And Tony LaRusso was telling me, you know, he's just acknowledging his wife. For starting the Animal Rescue Foundation. And it's like, you know, here's this guy that loves his wife. You know? It's just, it's, it's you get to experience that. It's amazing. The writing life is a pretty good life. It's a great life. (laughs) It's a great life. (laughs) I I really recommend it. (laughs) And
0: I really love how much joy you get out of it. I think that's what immediately drew me to you is that that you just beam with this. And you're so you're having so much fun with this. And I love, love, love seeing that so yeah
1: you know so and it's cool. it's definitely been a hard road you know yeah, it's but not easy it's not easy but i wouldn't trade it for the world
0: so cool thank you what is so on a on a on a slow shift what's the best book that you've read recently that you would want to tell us about so um
1: i actually have a i'll show you excellent
0: <laughs> right here
1: um it's actually uh daughter of malachi uh-huh and, um, uh, by Alan,
0: what's his name? Alan Brenner. Okay. Oh, that's who you were just talking about.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I mean, he, that's why he was going to see George R. R. Martin was for this book. But the thing that I love about it is it's historical fiction, which is one of my favorite genres. And it's set in, um, uh, California, uh, during World War II when, um, you know, the Japanese were getting forced into internment mm-hmm. camps and i knew about that happening like in seattle because of snow falling on cedars and you know other
0: things but it was happening in my own backyard in, at manzanar just like a short drive yeah. from here i only yeah. learned about it you know, a couple of years ago
1: yeah so that's yeah. in the book oh how
0: cool how awesome
1: yeah yeah so it, and it, you know there's a part of it that's in hawaii which is like you know, one of my favorite places in the world. (laughs) And, um, and I just love the book. It was just, uh, it took me to places that, um, I love like Hawaii, but it also, um, taught me about history and, um, I love that. I love learning about things from fiction books. I mean, entertainment through education, you know.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you for that. I'm going to put that Ah. on my list. And it has a gorgeous cover as well. I know. Just like your Ah. book. Speaking of your book, will you tell readers about your book that's out right now, where they can find you and where they can find it?
1: Okay. So uh, Rhino in the Room. Is on Amazon. So that's probably the best place to, to get it. Um, you can contact me at www.jillhedgecock.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so I'm I'm out there in social media. You just have, to, and I, I'm lucky I have a, a really unique name. Um, so yeah. it's easy to find me.
0: Yeah, even though Skype said you didn't exist. And then when you contacted me on Skype, it's the same thing I put in, but it, Skype is. Skype is so fractious sometimes. (laughs) Well,
1: we count each other. That's the most. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Jill, thank you so, so very much for being on the show today. It has been a treat to talk to you. And I'm so glad that we have met and that we are in each other's community of writers now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful to meet you. And I'm so happy. And and thank you for having
0: me. You're very welcome. And we'll talk very soon.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write?,